2: Ah, hello there, dear listener. It's me, Joe. I notice you've tuned in once again to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. Just remember, we dish out double the content over on our Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Go on. You'll love it. You'll pay your monthly fee and I will literally roll around in your hard-earned cash, probably wearing something provocative. (laughs) Uh, Jay's not going to like this advert at all. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Mark Packham. I don't believe it. Jay Cross. (laughs) And Matthew Knight. Welcome. Hello there. Another week, another full team of of guitar nerds. Well done, everyone. It's not bad. Joe, I'm always here. You are probably one of the more consistent members. I'm yeah. the most consistent member. I've I been was here. the most consistent member. Shut up, member. Matt. Shut up, Matt. We Matt. don't like you anymore. Yeah, Joe's Matt. just consistently a member. What is this? Matt's third <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah, well, well done. For new listeners, Matt used to be our mate, but then he decided he didn't want to hang out with us anymore. Yeah, he decided and he now just wanted to he, do work. We, keep trying to keep him off the podcast but he's found a way in i need to tighten up my internet security at home
2: yeah it is annoying although convenient this week because matt's matt's done loads of stuff that we're we're going to um talk about on this podcast episode speaking of like being the most regular uh members (laughs) of
0: (laughs) I am regular. One of the one of the one of the many many positives of a vegan diet. Very
2: regular. <laughs> yes, quite. I was I was looking at um. I, I was I was looking at doing a little a little spate of touring. <laughs> can't say very regular touring. <laughs>
3: think
2: about doing a little spate a, a little yeah. spate of touring in touring uh, in turing, the stuff not, that's in Red Bull. No, no, not that. You oh, want to okay. stay away from that stuff.
0: Is you know, it I, vegan? It is now. It yeah. didn't used to be. It's got made that they. Uh, Crafted a synthetic version after the uh, uh, the British beef scare of nineteen ninety nine or something oh, like that. Really? Oh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting little
2: uh, tidbit. So drink as much Red Bull as you want, little oh. Joe Branton. Oh, thank you very much. Maybe maybe I shall. Now I was thinking about doing a little bit of Ireland and Europe in uh, in November. Well, yeah, by what? yourself, one man, yeah. one man band. Yeah, I was thinking about yeah, just doing doing a tour in in November, which would be like a, a couple of weeks. So it might it might work around. What are you podcast. gonna What are you gonna do? One of you might have to host it.
0: What are you? What, oh, what like polymath? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh right. I thought you Did meant you like think
2: I'd go around and do a one man show. Yeah, of... <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs>
0: I thought you were gonna be like, right? I'm uh, I'm here in Dublin. Um, just post on the like post on the forum. Uh, anyone live in Dublin, fancy put me up for a night? And all our Irish listeners is like, um, close yeah. computer, <laughs> leave
2: group. Yes, yes, that that would be uh, how I imagine that would go.
0: Oh yeah, just pop in, You know, just popping on popping on tour. Just yeah, anybody, any do I know anyone in Gothenburg? Can anyone hang out with me for a day?
2: Oh, I like Gothenburg. No. Also, do, do you know what? This is this this is I'm having a beer right now, listener, but this is, I didn't have a beer yesterday or the day before. Well, How I about mean, that? well done. How about that two well days? Done. And I've started a new fitness regime. You'll notice, boys, <laughs> I'm wearing um sporty trainers. You are um, wearing sporty trainers. Yeah, that's because this is day 2 of my new um, fitness regime. Fitness whole can of beer yeah, into yeah. your gun. I got myself a, uh, a, a a cycling machine, an exercise bike. That's what. Really an a
0: exercise bike. Cycling machine. I got myself an exercise. <laughs> so bike. So you're able to exercise without leaving your house, uh-huh. right? Exactly. Okay. So my is lunch break. Is it in the? Is it in the lunch, house, or is it your in, whole days a lunch break? Is it, <laughs> is it in the house, or is it in the garage?
2: Uh, it's in. It's in my bedroom. It's very spacious bedroom, so it's in the. In, the in your bedroom. Second half of the bedroom. Okay. Yes. Does yeah. Emma have an exercise bike in her bedroom? Or... <laughs> it was. It was good. I, I got. I got it, an app. It's not a called Bit, oh. bit okay. Gym. Bit Gym. And what it does oh, I is you
1: said bit gin. No, I was bit, like, do a bit of exercise. And have bit a bit of gin. gin.
2: <laughs> you you put you <laughs> you put it on your exercise bike. <laughs> Chase actually
3: just spat out his beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I
2: don't that think I've ever st- heard a man dribble on a podcast before. <laughs>
0: <sighs>
2: oh dear. Oh Are you alright? You back yeah. in the room? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, my goodness! Oh, yeah. I guess we should actually talk bit about of exercise, guitars. exercise, bit gin—that's fantastic. Um, uh, yes. Anyway, oh, so so Matt, you. No, no. Um, I wanted to know more about your exercise. All oh, right. Okay. Fine. Yeah. How was, far uh, have you cycled? So did you? Uh, I've done. You, I did 15k yesterday and today. Did you get a peloton? A peloton, the pedal, the fuzz.
0: No, peloton. Peloton. Oh right. Have you not seen those adverts for nice. lots of people on on the internet? No, I don't get know peloton. what peloton it's, is. It's basically like. Uh, it's like Herbalife,
2: but exercise. Oh, I see. No, I got th- I got this app called BitGym, which you place <laughs> you place on your exercise bike, and using your front facing camera, it can work. out. It can work out how like how fast you you're moving. <laughs> it can work out how fast you're moving. And what it does is it displays a route, a beautiful route through like the Italian mountains, or you pick the location. And then you, you watch that and you're cycling through and it's got the sounds, you know, as if you How were there. does it do
3: that? Does it just look at your jiggles? Yeah, it looks
2: at your jiggles and then you sort of speed up or slow down accordingly. Yeah, it's, yeah pretty good. Pretty Wait, do you good. speed up or slow down? Yeah, the I can does? like slow down. I can be like, yeah, I really want to get to that finish line quickly. And you can set yourself like time trials on there. And then you know, but I guess if if you were behind, you could just jiggle a bit more. Yeah, that's the thing. Just get it. off the bike and just jiggle, jiggle around a little. Yeah. Have they pay for this ad spot. Uh, I bit don't. Gym. Apparently, it apparently <laughs> it's, it's like a couple <laughs> a of quid gym. a month. So I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. To be honest, I might just you know use the distance just, thing on the bike. Just
1: join the gym. No, I'm
2: not doing that. I'm not. <laughs>
1: I was thinking about joining a gym. Oh really? Yeah. I joined the gym. Did you? How did you get yep. on with it? Really good. I'm really enjoying it. I mm.
0: kind of just want. I I want to. Do the um what's the elliptical thing called? Oh the a, cross, the ellip- a cross, cross trainer trainer. Cross trainer, the J Cross Trainer or the Row machine. Oh, that that's kind so of the only thing in- for you. What oh. the row machine? Because I live by the sea. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Um the the only problem is the gym that's near me is really expensive. And I'm just I think it's also
2: like very like gym boy. Mm. I think I'm, that's I'm a just bit trying to get as fat as possible. Yeah, I was. Just... I used to be doing that, but now I am fat. I'm trying to get unfat. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that my bass now tilts up towards me. When... <laughs> I can barely see mine; it just goes, goes under the gut. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway, uh, we should talk about guitars. And this this weekend just uh, just gone was the most important guitar festival. Um, that isn't that isn't Nam. Uh, it was Fuzz.
1: Yeah. Um and you w- you went in Gothenburg. That's right and you went Matthew Knight. I did. It was wicked. Yeah. I did not know what to expect it because looked I've been
2: absolutely fantastic. You you obviously sent us lots of pictures of everything and it looked cracking.
1: Yeah, I I basically, I didn't know what to expect because I've been to a lot of guitar shows and they all kind of vary. Um, And this one's been going on for quite a long time and it's Scandinavia's largest guitar festival. You went last year as well, didn't you? I did not go. I wanted to go last year. Didn't get the time, unfortunately. Um, Oh, weren't you going to go, Joe? But uh, then
2: just didn't. uh,
1: I don't know. I was probably drunk. Yeah, yeah. Drunk in Gothenburg, and it's in a um, it's in <coughs> a old shipyard, basically where they used to build these massive forty thousand horsepower engines for ships. Um, so it's this great space with a super high ceiling, which is really nice because even though it was loud, I didn't feel deaf at the end of it. Um, oh, that's good. Wow, that's that must be quite an experience. Yeah, and um, it was a really good mix of brands, distributors. Um, guitar shops and um yeah it was it was just a really really good show with a lot to see walked it only took like i don't know an hour to walk around it um but you do it a few times and saw something different um every time so i I sort of pulled out a few different things that were worth discussing yeah um yeah yeah
2: yeah, let's talk talk through some of the coolest the coolest things. So um you you've you've written a few out on our on our podcast list, but I'm not gonna let you quite take them in order. I wanted to first talk about the um Vuruin Saku Vurin Saku Vurun Saku Vurun Sakau Vurinsaku guitars.
1: Yeah the, I think you might need to speak a little bit of Vrenu
2: finish. Saku <laughs> guitars. They're a are a, a Finland um, custom shop.
3: I think it's actually pronounced Vuru Rensaku.
2: Rensaku guitars no, in vu- uh, vu- Vuru Rensaku. Um, <laughs> yes, guitars it. in in Finland, a Finnish. Um, I wish a, you would. Big big fan of of Finland. Um, I've not been. Yeah, Helsinki. Um, Judged by the
1: people that I know from Finland, first
2: first country place. to um, to to get uh, gender equality.
0: Oh, they completed it today. Yeah, they
2: Well, wow. they've done wow. it. Amazing,
0: apparently so. Wow, <laughs> fantastic! They've done it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> also, they have uh, their tallest, their tallest building. Um, the bit that's at the top, um, where is a chimney, and that's where the app. No, comes, it's a so. toilet. It's a toilet. <laughs> so that if you go to the toilet, you can see out across all of Hilton? Is
0: there a, a clear tube that runs the entire way through the building?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as poop slides. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yes yeah but anyway you uh you you sent us some pictures of these guitars and they looked absolutely awesome
1: yeah so they are basically offset designed sort of feeling sort of guitars i guess with a nice sort of ridge around them it's called a german carve a german carve that, is, okay. that is, like is a
2: french tuck uh it's like a chub and tuck
3: canadian tuxedo yeah
2: <laughs> No, a french think- carve is what you call the I learned that from uh, from Matt from Fidelity Guitars. That's what you that's what you call that little
1: thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so they're offset um kind of styling, amazing sort of custom order and he gave me their little booklet for custom orders which is like that 1950 style blueprint. You know how like old manuals of cars and stuff. And then it's basically a whole bunch of tick boxes of all the options. And then you just hand it over and then he goes and builds it. Um, And they're definitely worth checking out. They had a couple there. So the design that he was looking at um, that he had on display was the Converse, uh, which is sort of like a reverse version. And then they had... um, the standard version but they teamed up with another brand a pedal brand that i also spoke to and they had a guitar with a fuzz face basically built into it that absolutely absolutely that is totally brilliant but it was um you can if we'll you know we'll post the uh the web link in the uh in the group i'm sure afterwards but it's like built into the bridge so it's almost like a mustang style bridge plate uh, but with no trem it's obviously got tunomatic but it gives it enough space to put the actual controls in and the carve um, for all the circuit board and everything and yeah you can just turn it off with, on and off with a flick of a switch but it had like full control over it and it was still reactive with the volume control so you could have the fuzz on but you could still roll back the volume and obviously it interacted with the fuzz property and everything um, but what was really nice is they were all basically custom orders there was no sort of two guitars that were, were the same um no real sort of visibility outside of Finland. They've got a few dealers at the moment, but they're shipping some guitars to Koda um, in the next few months. But I really like the fact that they basically have the one body shape and then you can just go in and spec out exactly what you want.
2: Yeah, I love it. Um, I love the, the body shape. It's a great addition to that sort of Jaguar body shape, having the French carve in there. Yeah. They've German, got like... German. D- did I say French that time? Yeah, yeah yes. German carve. Yeah, um, Yeah. I, I really like the the junior model, where they have a single P90 and then they have a tele control plate, but with just volume and tone, and then the input jack is mounted in there um, as well. The headstock even looks cool as well. It's quite a nice, sort of slight variation on the Telecaster headstock.
3: I like the uh, little metal badge that's on the headstock as well. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, you can actually have a bass version. Yeah, really? Okay yeah, it oh, yeah, looks out, yeah. great. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, the base version looks uh, looks amazing. But yeah, they do a whole bunch of relics, different pickups. You can have different pickup outputs. Uh, you could have like three P90s if you want, different pick guards, different uh, switching controls. Like absolutely everything can be customized. It's just the body shape that you – is is the same basically. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, I thought they were great. They Yeah, they start at 3,000, about 3,000 euros. It, yeah, it reminded me of the Fender Barracha, which was the reverse custom shop Jazzmaster they did with the one TV Jones pickup. Oh, it Those were so had really chump- cool. Those yeah. We were really had- lucky to see those at GAC because I, I think there was, I have it
0: in my head, there was only like 15 of them worldwide. <sighs>
2: really? The, yeah, the, yeah, they were, they were it was the reverse one. Reverse, Yeah, Baratcha. It was a really cool time for Fender when it wasn't just the Barracha, you, you had all the other, the normal, they did the Caberneters. Peep- Caberneters and everything. Oh, Whatever happened to those, J-Cross?
3: Um, I just made them for a while and then didn't make them anymore. Yeah, yeah they yeah. should
2: always <laughs> make them. They were wicked. Yeah, just made yeah, them for a while and cool. then stopped. I guess. What did they do? They did they do a they did a Strat as well, didn't they? A Strat shaped yeah. version, uh, I a Tele shaped version, I, and the reverse Jazzmaster.
0: Well, the the there was a Strat. If you're talking about the custom shop, shop line, it was a there, custom shop. Yeah. There was a there was a Strat. I don't think we ever had one at GAC. Did we not? We definitely mm. had a couple of tellys, and we had the Barracuda, which was yeah. very cool. I mean, the thing is, as with all of these things, is the the custom shop makes what people ask them to make. Yeah, of course. And it just, you know,
2: it was popular at the time.
0: I guess so. Yeah, but but um, I just think Fenders yeah.
2: look so good with those like hard angles on the edges, rather than you know they're obviously normally conventional. I'm not rounded. what like a slab body. Yeah,
0: I just don't think it's as.
2: I just don't think they're as popular. I mean, even just look no, at no, the no, definitely not as look popular. At the fifty-one
0: look cool. p bases, yeah, yeah,
2: fifty, yeah, fifty-one, and then f- and fifty-four as well. Still was sort of partially.
0: Yeah, I just like you that. know even
2: just look at those. It's just people just don't like them. They
0: like the curves, man. Yeah, it's true. Weirdos. Mm. Um,
1: before we go, we probably should spell out the name correctly for anyone who actually wants to check them out because of our terrible pronunciation. It's oh, yeah, uh, that's V U O. R E N Pull over, pull over if you're
0: pull over if you're get, yeah, in the car. get your scrap. Pull over, yeah, hang yeah, on, we'll, we'll wait. Paper. We'll wait. We'll wait for you to pull over. Hey hang on, on, on,
1: hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on.
2: Just let them pull over. Let him pull over.
0: <laughs> but yes, it's but v- Okay, okay, yeah, okay,
2: it's fine now. It's V U O R E N S A K U guitars. Do you wanna spell that phonetically? no, that's fine. <laughs> it's
0: V for Vurensaku, U for Urunsaku, O for Irun Saku, R
2: for Red But they were they were really good and actually we spoke to the fella um afterwards and uh, or I uh, I I messaged the fella afterwards and uh, we're talking about him sending us sending us one over for us to have a, a bit of a butcher's at which would be super cool. Uh I'll be yeah, a, to see He's those. got
1: a friend in London who who bought one and um we might be able to get it off him for Perfect. a little bit of a uh, little video. Yeah, that would be great. What else did you see at Fuzz, Matty? So I saw Grauter Audio from um, Switzerland. Now, these were these were wicked. They were on the same stand as uh, the guitars we just spoke about because they built the fuzz pedal that went into one of the guitars. Oh, nice. And uh, he had a bunch of pink pedals, which instantly caught my attention because I was like, these are pink. These are awesome. And um, he makes a bunch of wicked fuzz pedals and a univibe, and he actually gave us one, um, which was really really nice. Oh, so awesome. I need to bring that down to Joe Brandon. Yeah, awesome. he gave us the moonlight in pink because um, he was like, "Oh, it will go nicely with the podcast." And it's basically his take on a fuzz face. But what's really nice on the design is he's a. Added an input level, so you can adjust it for really hot pickups. Um, so if you've got single coils, you've actually got like an, an input gain, basically. Uh, a bass cut, so if you want a little bit of a smoother sound rather than the, the fuzz face, which can be quite um, sort of low, heavy. Muddy. Um, and a bias control, so you can actually dial out some of the the fuzz, that were, and get something that's a little bit more clean headroom. And I plugged it in, and it's. I was playing it again this afternoon, and it's just one of the best fuzz pedals i've ever played and i've I've usually stayed away from fuzz face type pedals because usually fuzz faces just work well straight into like a really loud amp that's already a little bit gainy because they're not you know super fuzzy um, and this one just is just a great, almost like always-on pedal, because you can actually just roll it back with the volume <laughs> control. It's really, really sensitive. Did you
2: just describe a fuzz as an always-on pedal? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it just made everything sound better, because you can just roll back the volume, and you get this amazing clean sound with just a little bit of breakup. And then as you roll the volume up, it becomes really, really distorted. Oh, amazing. It's just one of those pedals that's just it's all about the volume control. Um, it was wicked and yeah he makes a bunch of other stuff um, he does a really really nice uh, Univibe like clone right. um, which looked amazing and he had a bunch of stuff in a load of different colors
2: I really um, like that he had uh, um, that he has an interesting use of knobs on on his pedals as well like some really oversized ones and like there's no there's no standard conventional design from pedal to pedal they all seem very unique and interesting even things like the the fuller drive which looks like it has um, uh, a couple of little dip switches on the on the side of the pedal and kind of oversized, like, 70s hi-fi-looking control knobs. Super cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so ba- obviously, as I said, based on FuzzFace, and the hand-matches all the components, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I just was super, super impressed. Yeah. Um, and it looks like he makes a bunch of cool stuff. So hopefully he's going to send us a couple of other bits to um to try as well. Awesome. The, I tried the UniVibe briefly and it was it was amazing. But he he bought this over. We were sort of plugging it into the Marshall that we had set up with the um the tube amp expander and I was just like, this thing sounds amazing. Just one of those pedals that's just inspiring to play. And I usually only find that with like delays and reverbs, because I'm like, oh, everything sounds, you know, wonderful. And this just made my guitar just sound amazing. Awesome. So yeah, I was really impressed. So
2: we've done we've done guitars, we've done effects pedals. Surely you must have also seen an amplifier brand.
1: Yes. Yes. And I actually I think I'm gonna buy one. I tried this amp. <laughs> Honestly, I tried this out. I was just wondering around I don't if they know were. know anyone
2: in... else who buys and sells amps with the frequency of no, Matt Knight? Most like, no. people get effects pedals or, or uh, s- guitars, say that. but you...
1: you say that. I've had the same Morgan amp for three years now, and I haven't bought or sold anything else. Oh, that's the impressive. only thing I've had is other cabs, yeah, and in fact, I'm actually only down to that one amp. Really? Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm running a completely mono rig, um, far more gigable than that sounds, yeah, you. That sounds count my, far too gigable for you, Matt, I'm afraid. Well, you could count my Roland microcube, um, <laughs> <laughs> which so, isn't really gigable, so technically makes <laughs> the rig un Wait, don't you um, have any
2: jazz choruses anymore?
1: No. Oh. Sold it. it was too loud. It was too loud. <laughs> it was a 50. Yeah, but it was just, it had that kind of um, non linear volume control in the sense that it was either off or on. Oh, yeah. yeah um, so it just made it kind of a little bit difficult to use. But this Olsen amps. Olsen amps. Now,
2: they look very you because they're they're sort of very big, proper looking. They've got something of that sort of Morgan y vibe to them.
1: Yeah, they basically I'd never heard of this brand before. They were based um, one stand behind us. Uh, they had the reason I went over to the stand was actually because he makes pedals and he had a he had some show exclusive pedals, one of each colour, one of which was pink sparkle. So I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, can I go and can I just try this Pink Sparkle pedal? And um, he was like, oh, do you want to you know, plug into to these amps? I, I actually make the amps. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. We tried this little um, sort of reverb combo. And then he had this new amp called The Little Hill. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll plug it in. Two channels seemed relatively simple. And I was sort of playing it. I was like, well, I'm just going to turn the overdrive pedal off. I wasn't really feeling it. And I just played the amp. I was like, this thing sounds amazing. Just one of the best clean sounds it was just really rich really like had loads of bottom end it was like a really really tight sound and i was like this thing sounds incredible he's like i was like how much how much do these retail for obviously they're hand built by you and he was like oh this one's like a thousand euros i was like what I was like, that is amazing. Wait, he, in that I was like, case,
2: how much does he sell like his custom reverb 18s and the Club 15 for? Well, I they think they, they
1: obviously banging. they go up a little bit more. I think they were like 17 1800 I mean it's right. worth checking on obviously on the website, but this model was all brand new. Um the drive to go quite heavy. It was just it was nice actually, because it was very, very similar to the clean channel with just a little bit more breakup. And um I was like, oh, so do you do any other colours? And he was like, Yeah, I can do all colours. I was like, Oh, can you can you do it in pink Tolex? And he was like, Yes. And I was like, great. I'll email you. <laughs> I'll Classic. email you when I get back to the UK. Classic
2: midnight. Um,
1: honestly, it was it was wicked. And I've I looked at their dealers, they don't have anyone, uh they're basically only available in Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and Finland. Right. Um, and that's it. I was like, no, oh, They get I've,
2: all the best gear.
1: I mean, this is this was the great thing about the show. There was loads of brands I'd never heard of that, um, that were there that only seemed to be available in sort of like Scandinavia. And I was like, oh, man, we're like totally missing out. Um, and we should definitely go next year. But, yeah, this brand Olsen Amplification were wicked. They do a bunch of um, like combos, little heads. They do a 100-watt head. Um, they had a bunch of prototypes on the stand as well, the pedals, um, but this this little 20-watt EL84 head was amazing. Awesome. I was like, it was the first time I plugged an app and gone, yes, this is great. And the nice thing is it had an effects loop because so it had no reverb. I was like, definitely needs a little bit of reverb. And he's like, oh, you can actually patch the send and return together. And then there's a send level and a return level. So you can use it as a boost if you want as well, which I thought was quite cool. That yeah. is cool. That's like the old uh, Supersonic. Do you remember the Supersonic 60? Yeah. You could do that as well. Yeah. On the foot switch was quite cool. Oh. So yeah, they were they were really, really impressive amplifiers.
2: Amazing. So we've done we've done guitars, we've done effects, we've done amplifiers. Of course, we've got to talk about da 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 da. da. I'm a soul man. Da 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 da. Are you okay? Yeah, it's the then <laughs> he there's a pedal pedal board manufacturer called Soul Man. Oh Right. Yeah, that's what I was doing you okay? Just segue. No, no, a- um,
1: yes. God damn it. Yes, so soul man pedal boards. I would say the classier um, option from a pedal train, basically. So these are wooden end-cheeked pedal boards that have a back panel space and a side panel space for modules. So you can get things like power modules or sort of audio ra- routing oh, modules. Yes, that's what you want. But w- what I've really liked was the actual panel design of the actual board itself because rather than slats it was kind of like circles rounded rectangles um on the design so you can actually be a little bit more module modular about how you actually wanted to set your pedals up you didn't have to you weren't tied to the slats on there and then having a mini pedal and it falling through the slats for example i see um and then so you can basically build your ideal pedal board. You can have that. You can pick the modules. They make a bunch of custom modules as well. The um, modules thing is, need... is really it's really exciting. smart. Being that's able really to have your, your in and outs in
2: one place and your power because you have that on the Friedman <laughs> pedal boards, which yes. which I use, and it's that that's fantastic. That's a really useful thing. And obviously, you can get those kind of built in on um, on things like Schmidt array and and Alder and Ash and stuff. But yeah, the, yeah. This, this looks. I really like that they're making this. Not custom shop, custom shop. Uh, yeah, it's kind sense. of like yeah. Here's the here's the the frame, and
0: like we'll put it together how you want. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's really yeah. smart. Really, the the website looks really good. It's um. If you're not really understanding what
3: we're saying, you should list, You should have a look at the website. Um. The only thing I would say is, and you'll have to tell me how this compares with other brands like Alder and Ash and stuff. The smallest pedal board they do. The uh, I think I'm pretty sure this is the smallest. The XS44. Um, yes. It comes with a gig bag, but the price, uh, looking at... They've got a Reverb store, so this is converted from, um, I assume, a euro price. The pound price, is right. th- for the smallest board they do, is £383.18. Oh, oh, and 18 oh, pence. Oh, that's
2: a, are, oh, that's a chunk! The, that is a they chunk! They are
3: expensive. Oh. The largest pedal board they do is... Seven hundred and forty-one pounds. I,
0: I don't keep 21 the same P. things on
2: my pedal board long enough. to... How much was the smallest one?
0: Three hundred and eighty-three well, pounds. Well, on the, their um, website, it's two hundred nineteen euro. Oh right, that's what yeah, So maybe, maybe this isn't quite well, the
1: smallest one then. But no, XS4. so the 44. smallest one they make oh, right. is is the XS forty-four. But the pedal boards come totally blank, so they don't come oh, with so the case. Get and they the don't modules. come with any modules. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. So the idea is that you buy the modules that you want. Uh, And then you buy either the case or the hard case, or in the case of someone like me who never takes their pedal board anywhere, neither. Um, So you can can just buy it without, basically. The M75, which is the biggest one, is €369, which, to be honest, is about average if you're looking for a custom-built pedal board. Oh, custom-built boards
2: are expensive,
1: aren't they? They are expensive they are expensive and there's you know there is a lot of great choices out there and obviously the price ramps up when you start looking at the flight cases um which was a similar thing to the pedal train they did the same sort of thing um but I think it's the modules that obviously make the difference now they are or can be relatively pricey but having seen them at the show they are rock solid they are really really well built um and they had a couple of show boards on display and I was like if you want a really classy looking pedal board that is you know functional and works your you know your setup they're definitely worth a look they had yeah. um it's worth checking out their instagram they had a really good um model uh lined up of the m75 which was the biggest one and it's when you see the pedal boards built you're like ah yes it looks amazing very cool so, yeah it's definitely worth checking out yeah it's so worth mentioning pay-offs.
3: just having a look at it now like you say matt basically what they've got on Reverb are like pre-built boards so for the 741 pounds 29
2: that- a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united
1: healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times
3: That's the biggest board, plus the power module, and what looks like some like effects loops, I think. doesn't actually say in the description here, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, it looks like there's some effects loop there, and it comes with the flight case as well. So that explains why they're showing at nearly 750 yes. quid. It's yes. all, that's basically all the stuff and right, more. Right, right.
1: Oh. And, I mean, oh, if you look at the equivalent... If you look at the equivalent flight case size from, say, custom pedal boards, they're about the same, six, 700. Right. Um, I guess Older and Ash, if you probably had something similar, you'd, it'd be worth checking with um, Rich on, on his website. But a little bit cheaper. Um, I, I think that the, really the hard case makes a difference. But having seen these hard cases, they were, like, totally roadworthy. And they had wheels. Now, we've had...
2: Um, we've had guitars, we've had amps, we've had effects pedals, we've had pedal boards. The only thing we're missing is something crazy. Um, and, uh, and I, you, you saw something weird and modular, right?
1: Yeah. They, these guitars are Weird totally weird so i saw them and i was like one of them had i I mean the thing that caught my eye was just the crazy graphics um and we went over and then the guy started chatting so we started speaking a little bit more about the guitar and the more he spoke about the more weird they became so these Uh, are
2: these these are ego guitars
1: yeah from Marsoni lab uh they are modular guitars so the armwood the tone controls and the neck can all be switched, but not just like rosewood or maple. You can go from six to eight strings. So they all have the same neck size. So ra- so rather than okay. changing the neck, the neck has an additional bit of pocket, I guess, that attaches to one side. Um, and everything can be totally switched out uh, for different woods, different materials, materials. Uh, different designs you can basically get the guitar and then have like custom paint you can do whatever you want basically you can have different bridges they were weird Um, but incredibly well built they had some amazing like you know they were like solid brass bridges and
2: and they look proper weird they remind me of the birdfish
1: Yes, exactly. I think it takes that sort of design. They even have things like an NFC core chip that basically keeps all the data about the guitar, including its history and its current owner. Um, So building in some anti-theft technology. Oh, that's
0: it? Can you use it to pay for your your sandwich oh that would, that be, would be great be oh
2: that's what i want contactless on my guitar <laughs> Imagine oh. if
3: every guitar started doing that though and when you buy it you have to like register your details on there so that if you buy a used guitar down the
1: line you can see who the previous owners were oh, that I, would be i'm great. sure that i'm sure that gibson were trying to do that at one point of course they so were. that they could um, so you, yeah you could basically take stock and then register that guitar to a particular person i mean it, it sort of makes sense in a way I'm into it. I'd love to know who owns like my I mean the
3: guitars I've got now I've all bought from new, but like in the past I would love to have known who really? owns the guitars. All the guitars, the guitars
2: you've owned, you bought from new.
3: Yeah, Baughatelli mm. just literally just got that.
2: But you're like Mr. Les Paul Junior, sort of Deal hunter.
3: Yeah, but no, now I'm just like buy it from new and then keep it for ages mm. and then it's like nice second hand guitar, but you've always owned it. So.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's that's true. That's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, it'd be great.
3: um, It'd be great to. On the guitars that I have had the second hand, I'd love to know details of the previous owners. Probably some GDPR implications. Sure, there's some serious GDPR (laughs) Um,
0: implications. Marconi Lab. Not macaroni lab, which is what I first first thought it said. <laughs> the, be- the best of all labs. Um, Marconi Lab, they also make some sunglasses. Did you see those? The hmm. Ego oh, They were not on the stand, unfortunately. Um oh, they they've, got, they've got a great name. It's the Ego Sunglass Thunder 2K17, which is uh which is absolutely fantastic, if you ask me.
2: Oh that that's that's what every every guitar brand needs good additional merchandise. and that's I agree. Accessories I feel are the best. Accessories are important. I was, you, you know, like uh, Eastwood, they do some good airline accessories. They've got like T-shirts, straps, chrome airline badges that you can get. That's very cool. That's what you need. Accessories. Just,
1: yeah. Or cool. you could just, yeah, I mean, you could get accessories for your modular guitar, including different tone controls and a seven or six string neck depending on what you're feeling like is it but so hang on is it that you say it's the same neck so um you kind of have to look at the picture to be able to to kind of understand it fully so you've got obviously the neck and then there's an additional bit of wood at the base of the neck and that neck pocket design is common on six seven and eight string necks so the the way that they've designed their necks means that you can have any number of strings that they make, and it will fit in any of their guitars. So you don't have to buy a six-string version of their guitar and a seven-string. You can just buy the six-string neck and the seven-string neck, and then change them over when you want. Obviously, oh, you need a different. Oh,
0: I see what you mean. Okay, you'd need okay, a. You'd okay, obviously
1: okay. need the bridge, but everything can be taken off and and replaced. So you can put a seven-string bridge on. Yeah, you can change the tone controls from active to passive. Um, it, in a way, I guess they're kind of. There was the Relish guitars that were doing a similar thing for the pickups and stuff that you could switch out. Um, but yeah, they've sort of taken that idea of the birdfish and being able to swap everything, basically.
0: Um, that um, is really weird. The fact that you can, the fact that there's like kind of this tr- little transition piece which allows you to, which is basically like a. Uh, like a rumble pack that lets you just, you know, <laughs> 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 Dream, dreamcast VMU. It's oh. really
2: weird. It's good, though. Yeah, I like what it. What was the first console to do that? The N64? Yeah. Uh, rumble pack. Rumble pack. Yeah. Very cool. Rumble pack. Good stuff. With, um, um, they're, they're, yeah. I
3: was going to say their online shop is really weird because not only do they sell sunglasses, but they just sell like strap bodies as well. Yeah. Let's pull bodies.
2: It's a really weird website. It's yeah. like a website from 1992. Yeah,
3: it's
1: very, very, very strange.
2: Matt, speaking of the past, you must have also seen some cool old vintage guitars at, uh, at Fuzz
1: i did there was an amazing vintage booth uh, opposite us that had um well they had actually had an original 808 which was amazing um and they had uh, a bunch of um pedals and stuff and a crazy little travel guitar but they had some real like guitars that we as guitar nerds would be into like a 55 les paul jr in basically mint condition it was amazing um and this crazy, like fifty-six um, P bass. and it was like seven pounds. It was the lightest base cheap. I've ever picked up. <laughs> yeah, seven pounds in price and in weight. <laughs> P bases um, aren't
2: that heavy. P bases are quite light as a, as a rule. Yeah, but, but, one, but seven pounds one, is very light.
1: It was. It felt like lifting up a guitar made of like polystyrene. <laughs> um, it was really weird, but this guy just had this like. Cra- he's basically been dealing vintage guitars at were, since 1976, right? Um, and he's like the most known. One, he's actually apparently he's one of the most known um, vintage dealers like globally, but obviously in Scandinavia he's like the guy to go to. Um, and he he just had like he had a mint condition 62 Strat. He had a bunch of amazing P bass, loads of cool colors. Um, he had some cool like more modern custom shop stuff he had uh, a couple of vintage sg's uh it was just like the best selection of all the best years as well oh. not just like uh he- here's like some just some random like late 60 stuff it's like no here's some like cool early 60 stuff here's the colors you'd expect for this year and this year um the one thing that did surprise me and i'm sure we've mentioned it before but how much this, well, actually, it was weird how much 70s stuff is going for, but how much 50s and 60s stuff has come down in price. Really? Why? Oh, it's because yeah, th- most of it's completely
2: wrecked now and is a bit unplayable.
1: Well, I, I, just think, I just think the prices got ridiculous, and I think the bubble kind of burst. And I'm sort of doing a little bit of research and talking to some other people about it, and I think basically prices were just getting ridiculous. So people just stopped buying them because they were like, actually, I could just go and buy a custom shop. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was a, a couple of other, other shops I had there. There's a, a shop that had a 54 Strat in two tone sunburst, and it was just like just played enough to make <laughs> it look amazing, right? Um, and it was like 22 grand. Oh, I mean, mm. that's so it's not that's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it is a lot of money, but they were they were easily going for like way more than that not so long ago. Um, but one thing that did catch my eye and I was super tempted I was like oh man that would be a cool guitar to own and then I looked at it again and I was like it is ridiculous but an ES140 oh this
2: which, is is that the three quarter size it, Gibson it's
1: a th- yeah it's a three quarter sized 175 oh, but they're, <laughs> with, they're scratch plate
2: aren't they no, no. Yeah. No.
3: Oh, they, so I've, I can see an example here. And they've all I've seen a few examples here. They've all got scratch plates on,
2: but the scratch plate
3: is really small.
2: Yeah, they yeah. they look yeah, absolutely that. fantastic because so they, they're quite slim, aren't they? Around the just by well, just because the pickups are big on the body comparatively. They're basically
3: imagine like. a uh, one seven five, uh, but shrunk to the size of a Les Paul, but then three, with a three quarter neck on there. <laughs>
1: so it, was, cool. it was. It was. It was. It How was much wicked. was One, it? It was 1,700 quid. Oh, that is like,
2: reasonable. What year was, was it? I was like
1: 1958,
2: I think. Two. 2014. 1958 for
1: 1,800 pounds? I mean, Why that- did I you buy it? Because I well, I thing is, I looked at it about four times over the course of the weekend. I was like, I would just... it would. The thing is, it, was, it looked, because it was quite deep, it looked like it was smaller than Les Paul. And I was like any normal person would just look ridiculous playing that guitar. It looks like it was just, a little mandolin or something. Yeah, it was um, It was cool, but I think it'd just be like, if you had money to burn and didn't mind having a very, very weird um, sort of Gibson in your collection, it'd be definitely cool to own, but otherwise I don't think it'd be necessarily particularly playable. Mm. But they did have, after we spoke about it last week, they did have a 125T, uh, which is the 1P90 kind of in the oh, middle. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. That's what you I want. was like, that guitar is amazing. So, yeah, there was a bunch of cool vintage stuff, stuff that you wouldn't normally see. There was a 1960s Manda caster there, um, which is the little uh, mandolin from from Fender, uh, cool. which was cool. So, all in all, how did you think that Fuzz compared to uh To Nam. To <laughs> Nam. It was a lot quieter, right? Um, but it was it was nice because Nam can be just like super daunting, and there's a whole bunch of new stuff. And sometimes you want to see new stuff, and you want to see old stuff, and you want to sit down and have a coffee, and it not cost like ten dollars. Um, so it was it's definitely worth going to if you want to go to a really cool guitar show, and you want to go to a pretty cool city. Then I would recommend going to Fuzz. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Well,
2: we should uh, we should dive headfirst into a big fat barrel full of news. First up, Mark Packham. <laughs>
3: Breaking news. Meris. Yeah, Meris uh, literally just got the press release through now as we've been on the air, as wow. it were. Uh, Meris have just announced the Hedra, uh, a three-voice rhythmic pitch shifter. Um, a what? A three-voice rhythmic pitch shifter. Right. Uh, I will read directly from the press release. I have to admit, I've not had time to fully process what this uh-huh. is because we've been doing a podcast. Um, the Maris Hedra is a three-voice rhythmic pitch shifter capable of adding three harmony voices to your instrument and with tap tempo, synchronized delay available for each voice. This beauty far transcends the realms of standard pitch shifting. In addition, pitch, glide, micro-tuning, four individual delay configurations, adjustable pitch correction, and MIDI keyboard control all combined in making Hedra an Instrument and sonic experience like no other. So it basically sounds like uh, they're doing uh, in a similar way that the boss slicer did with some uh, rhythmic pitch shifting stuff. Um, It's doing that uh, across four voices. So you're going to be able to essentially delay the pitch shifted repeats. Something like that. Yeah, I guess. So
0: the uh, delay them. Boop, 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 boop.
3: Yes. So there's so three. The, there's four delays. Boop, boop. Uh, no, there's three delays because you get the original and then you get the three delays wow. after oh, that. So, beep, 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 beep.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, things that have done that before are um, the Electro Harmonics Canyon. That did that. The Helix obviously well, that, has a function that does that. And does the that TC Electronics. Um, come on, help me out. The TC Electronics. Flashback. No, Hall the of light fame. blue one. The light blue one. Nick Reinhardt liked it. What's it called, Matt? Mojo,
1: um, Mojo. I'm trying to think of the new one, which is the Brainwaves, which also does something similar. Um, qu- but qu- the- qu- quintessence.
2: quintessence. Yes.
1: But but they do something. I I'm assuming, and I need to obviously watch the video. They do something slightly different right. because they are adding a harmony to just one repeat, where I think this allows it to be rhythmic. Yeah, but I'm. I think it's based off. I'm assuming, obviously, things that have done it way in the past. The old like core um, rack units and the Eventide, obviously, the Eventide Harmonizer, the H9, uh, H nine H H nine thousand. The original 80s me. one did a, did a very, very similar thing where you can pitch different repeats. Um, and actually, the H9 does something very, very similar. But I'd be very keen after this podcast to watch the video and check out exactly what it can do. Yeah, I think you know we've all
3: cool. been, been so impressed by the Meris stuff in the past. And this kind of seems to make sense. This doesn't really cross over with any other stuff they're doing. But it does kind of straddle that, you know... It's not necessarily,
2: necessarily, no necessarily, no,
3: no, no. as you were, necessarily a um, guitar product. You know, there's actual um, MIDI, uh, you could plug in a MIDI keyboard, um, but also they're talking about it in the press releases, like if you want some a way to spice up your uh, drum machine and things like that. It's, you know, it straddles being Ooh. a guitar product and a studio product. So, um, yes, I think that this could be quite cool. Like I said, none of us have had a chance to look at the video yet, but um, yeah, it's going to be doing that kind of sequencer, uh, delay, harmony thing. Oh, this sounds um,
2: exciting. I'm excited and, by this.
3: Uh, yeah, it's, um, it looks super cool. Jay? If you get the ch- Sorry,
0: go no, on. No, go on. I was going to say, if you get the chance, uh, just for some further reading, I'd definitely recommend listening to uh, Blake's in Blake from the Time Mob podcast. Uh-huh. did an interview with uh, two of the geezers from Maris. And it was really interesting. Really interesting to get their background and to you know kind of understand their philosophy on guitar
2: pedals yeah, and stuff. they're so, like a really interesting company to hmm. sort of to kind of come out and not in no way try and make any drives. Yeah, they're not or trying to make functional. a Tube Screamer.
0: They're not even trying to make like the new kind of um
2: you know, they're not they're not trying to reinvent they're not trying to make the new DL4. No, they're you not know. trying to make anything functional no. or usable normally. I mean even when you think about companies like um, like uh, earthquake devices, you know, who are obviously known for things like the Data Corruptor and the Rainbow Machine. That still, they still make a ton. Yeah, the of regular pedals. And the, yeah, 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 yeah. Is they just have a couple of crazies. Meris have only ever made pedals that you can't really apply to normal. Yeah, and music. that's
0: and that's kind of that they, they talk about that in the interview they did with Blake. That's kind of like their philosophy. Their 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 opinion on it is is well. These are almost instruments, yeah, uh, that you need oh, to yeah. learn how to use. Yeah, uh, which absolutely. I think is a really interesting way oh, to look at it. Absolutely,
2: like especially like that otter, the otter Bit Junior. Yeah, unless you sort of tune it up with whatever particular thing you are playing at that moment, it, it sounds useless. I like. tell you what, I'm
0: I. I cannot imagine working in a guitar store and someone coming in being like can i um can i try can i try that Meris? can you tell me how that Meris pedal works please because i would just be like no i oh, know i tell you what i would have done is i would have done <laughs> what i always used to do when people would say oh can i try the firebird x or, yeah, uh, classic. or can i can i have a can i can i have a go on this uh,
3: kemper please i'd say yeah absolutely if you just Matt, see
0: that, can you? Uh...
3: <laughs> I love how the Firebird X is justified. Not knowing how to use a Kemper, absolutely not. Just like use some of the presets.
0: I was <laughs> kid, boy, the
3: one boy. that always got me was the Moog synth guitars. When people would be like, "Can I try this?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I think we've sort of maybe lost all of the things you need to make this work." So, mm. <laughs> Do you I, I still that... want one of those.
2: Would you remember that um, in, in Gag, in the bass section? We had that. And I think it had just been thrown there because I'm sure it worked on guitar as well. It was mounted on like a bit of drum hardware. And that was, it was a, ro- a Roland bass yeah. synth, yeah. Was it a bass the synth? VG99? the yeah. VB99. VB99. Oh, it was for bass, was it? Yeah. We just, we yeah, just yeah. never
3: had a bass that ever uh, the pickup ever lasted on because right. you'd put it on like a cheap bass and then the sticky pads would just get a bit manky after a while and it would yeah. fall off. So people would be like, oh, can I try that? And you'd be like,
1: no. It was, that was so the, the weird. Absolutely legendary VB99. I just I spoke don't un- to so many bass players who are like, I still use the VB99. <laughs>
2: How? How? Uh, it was such a weird format. Make it rack mount or make it floorboard. Don't make it like have to be mounted on drum hardware. That doesn't make any sense.
1: No, I think we just mounted it on drum hardware because that's what someone's. Well, it still ha- it had
2: to be mounted on something. You had to put it on a, a stand of some sort. That's what it was designed. I'm so sorry. I've only just remembered what it
0: is that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's taken me that long to be to. Yeah, that was, was such that a weird, weird product. Again, yeah, 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 a, yeah, really weird.
2: After a while, um, I think like after, crystal had left or something i just threw it in the cupboard in the base section and it just stayed there just in the cupboard for a long oh, time
1: i want that yeah
2: no, it's probably still there it's in charge probably now. still there i'm the captain now yeah.
1: it's got d-beam yeah. the classic rolling bit of oh, technology no
2: no d-beam's totally cool there's nothing wrong with d-beam i mean no other company has gone after the um uh the what do you call the thing what do you call the thing I that think d-beam think copies this- the elysis. No, no, no. Um, the, the thing is, when you move <laughs> your hand, Alesis you move your Alesis your Alesis. Hand over a laser, and it goes wee-oo, laser. Wee-oo. What were those things called? theramin? Theremin. Theremin. Yeah, DB. Like no one else has gone after the theremin style, but done well, it that, differently. That's-
1: that was the thing on the VB99. You could program the D the D beam to do anything. So it could be like a pitch shifter. Yeah. It could do delay time. Well, you did you that on a few wiggle. synths
2: for a while as well. The uh, the the Roland SH201 also featured yeah. a D beam that you could assign to any uh parameter. Yep. Oh,
1: great synth. I had one of those.
2: Oh yeah, great synth. You've still got one of them. I've you? still got one. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend does. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, very super cool, super cool synthesizer.
1: J Cross.
2: You know how we like the Helix, and I guess the GT One Thousand now, and uh, and you know all the other things that have fallen into that sort of thing. And you know how everyone's doing one, well, someone else has made a new Helix thing.
0: Yeah, um, so we've got... Uh, I was going to try and make a joke there, but I decided I'm just not going to. Oh, okay. Um, Joyo have... Uh, a new challenger has entered the ring, and Joyo are here with their gem Box 3. Just after um, Moore.
2: They've just been picked by Moore and Hotone.
0: Is there a Gembox 1 and 2? Oh, or is I? this just... Have they just gone straight in with the number 3?
2: I don't remember there being I think it's other th- ones. I think it's 3 because there are 3 yeah, yeah, switches. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think it's the third one, and they just didn't tell anyone about the first two. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, it is, like you say, it's kind of a stripped-back um,
3: Helix-style product. So, uh, so, hang on, let me stop you before you get too far into it. There are other gem boxes. Okay. the They all sort of appear to be clones of other things, so... Gembox One is basically a Zoom Five Hundred and Five, okay. <laughs> uh, um, but it's got an effect. It's got an expression pedal on the side. Uh, let's have a quick look at the Gembox Two. Um, the gem- is it going to be like a Digitech RP One Hundred and Fifty Five clone? Uh, it doesn't look that far off. that, actually. <laughs> In fact, what it looks like, and this is a reference uh, that only a very, very small percentage of our audience will get. It looks like a barcode battler. So you know. I don't, um, I don't understand. Oh yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. not let's not explain it anymore. Okay. That's that's one for the dads. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, now Genbox three. Um, so uh, the thing that they appear to be pushing
0: with their press release, and uh, Joe, you might have to correct me one way or another here, Duh. but um, they are saying that uh, as well as the twenty six impulse responses that are built into the uh, Genbox three, mm. um, you also have the ability to load in your own. IRs is that yes. something you can
2: do on helix that is something you can do on all of them yeah right Hebrus, okay so helix, it's not like this is
0: hebr- a uh it's no, not like it's this not is groundbreaking
2: <laughs> it's not ground but it's still cool being able to cool. load in impulse responses is essentially what what you know if you were looking for amplifier simulation you then have to as this does that you have to ask yourself if all, all the things on the helix are worth the sort of extra 500 quick. Well, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think the thing that's that's really interesting is, you know, Joyo have over the last couple of years, over the last maybe sort of 3 or 4 years, they've moved away from being uh, you know, the stuff is still cheap and it's still um it's still kind of chinese built and but they kind of have established themselves as a as a brand within themselves. Yeah. It's not like what it was before, which was kind of like a you know, I think when we first started to see all the Joyo stuff like you know those cheap the like tube screen, like really like cheap tube screen of clones and stuff. It was just like, yeah. this is kind of an OEM. Yeah. Like They were brand-less. just another OEM. Yeah. It was kind of like a brandless entity and now they've kind of become their their own thing and you know you see them at the guitar shows and stuff which is really cool um and what's what's amazing about this is is the price i mean it is ferociously cheap in comparison to okay. the other products it, it,
2: even the hotone and the moor
0: so this is 300 and this is 360 us dollars right Ooh. so yeah, i don't know what is. that's going to be in i don't i couldn't i i'm i, I didn't look I didn't look and see what I'm, the price. Was I'm going to see what powers.
2: the well the Ampiro was the best one. I think okay. the Ampiro by Hotone is yeah. a hot tone, hot one, hot one. It's definitely better than the than the Moor counterpart.
3: They are, £345. They are,
2: yeah, they so are three hundred and forty five pounds. Yeah, so it's
0: probably going to be the same sort of price. Right. Um, but uh, another thing to point out about this is, I mean, obviously a total step away from anything chassis design that Joyo have done before. Um, it looks fantastic. Uh, it, looks, it looks really well built. I think it looks better than the Ampiro. It, it looks, ama- it yeah. I mean, looks amazing. We I would think. agree
2: the Ampiro does look great. Yeah. I,
0: th- I think this looks great. It's um, kind of like brushed black chrome. Uh, it looks really, really hardy. I mean, I'm sure if you kind of scratch it it'll leave a mark on it but like it's really classy looking um it's got an expression i mean it's got everything that you would expect from from a kind of helix style um product but uh yeah really interesting and cool to see joyo kind of like you know keeping up keeping up with the with the old
2: with the old boys Well, that does actually bring us up to uh, just about time on this week's regular episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. We're going to be continuing over on the Patreon episode of the podcast. Now, where for as little as $1 a month you can support the Guitar Nerds Podcast $1 a month... Um, Chase making me look him in the eyes whilst I do this. One dollar a month gets you the regular podcast ad free and early. Five dollars a month gets you that plus access to our Patreon special and loads of other mini series such as Branton's Branton and the Hall of Fame. And ten dollars a month uh, makes you an executive producer and gets your name read out by me in one breath. You said that the wrong way around. You normally Did say I? in one breath. By, by me. me. There we go. Oh, there you go. See, that's what I was talking about last week, about switching things up. Right, are we ready?
3: Yeah, okay. What are you doing? I'll let him...
2: Eric Field Christopher Franklin Andy Joyce John Anglin Adam Royce Chris Jake Cutmore Robert Cousins Rob Grew, Scott Hamilton Tucker Amadon Ernie Cooper Ross Edwards Nate Nagel, Stephen Hench Rob Gland, Matt Roberts Dave Lee Emily James Baker Juan Correa Aaron Sherman Blake Wyland, Andrew Goody Jamie Kent Jake Gray Matt Bellamy Martin Glitz Scott Kennedy Christopher Lowest Hans Arms, Robin Smith Derek Rich Chris Connors Rob Nordwick Duncan Watson Ed Bentley Steve Markle DJ Mark Ross, Michael McRae Carlos Manzer, Andy McC. McEl- Kenzie, Brad Page, Blair Tom, Scott O'Brien, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Mook, Rabbit, Phil Thompson, Adrian Day, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Scott Kane, Sean Arbo, Christopher Walla, Robertson. There you go. Well, that... oh, very, very cheerful. Anyway. That... <laughs> anyway that is uh, yeah yeah whatever that's that's the end we're gonna be uh, the last podcast we're ever gonna do that's it it. yeah we're gonna continue over on the patreon we'll see you um there or next week farewell uh we better see you there or else just don't bother listening ever again
1: bye